Hey guys, thanks for coming to check out another video. Today we're going to be going through Tiforia. Hello. And then I'll have a little intro thing here. Welcome to Your Call to Action with your host, Jesse Emil, sharing inspiration and motivation through the e-commerce world. This is Your Call to Action. So in this episode, what we're going to be going through is another amazing product with is it Prati? If Prati. I'm saying it right, I'm saying Prati. Last name is. But, uh, but like but. a but, it's like a Thai currency. You know how you pronounce. Oh, Thai, Thai bot. Yes, you can Prati say like. Prati bot. Yes. Okay, cool. It's just spell it's spelled differently, but it's pronounced the same way. Okay, cool. Prati bot. So sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. So we're here today with this episode to share with you with Prati Bots over Tiforia and the amazing journey that this brand has come to to date. So, Prati, thanks so much for coming on our studio and talking to us about your products. I guess the first thing I really want to kick off is like, how, how did this come about? Like, what's, what's the story with you behind this? Like, how did this all start with you? Yeah. Super curious. Um, it goes long way, longer than I thought when I started, because uh, I launched Tiforia last year. Okay. And... Sometimes I always say like, you know, it's so hard to know your subconscious that the love for tea actually goes long back um, than I thought. And the way it started was, um, I think my, uh, my idea of giving people or experiencing for myself, like I think it all starts from yourself. Um, a human just first want to experience something before they give out to something. And I, I'm very open and selfish about it. Like, you know, it was the idea of me experiencing a better life on this planet. Um, and then I thought like, you know, it can go a long way. Um, but initially when I was only seven, 17 or 18, um, my only fun time, um, like, you know, out of, out of all the things that I was experiencing during my teenage time, there was a lot of bullying, there was a lot of issues going on. Was the only fun time going on was in the evening, I would go out and experience a best cup of tea, uh, best cup of chai, served by this local guy who would know my name, who would know my regular. As soon as I will get there, he will just bring it on the table. And that made me feel special. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> I want the base. Ian, I hate you so much, my base. Okay, so what so okay so tea's been like this part of your journey yes. throughout your life and it's got to the stage what what kind of teas were you experiencing like because to me right i'm a standard oka english breakfast done and dusted chuck some milk in happy days yes. i'm good i'm super been indoctrinated in that way you have it when family comes over that's the depth of my knowledge so what what is it that you have seen in this space? Because this space is freaking saturated. Mm. Like, so what, what is the thing that makes this brand compete against these boys? Like, what have you found that makes this connection, you know? Amazing. Uh, so that's a really good question. And I think that when I started this um, idea behind it or when it started coming together for me, I didn't think of the space being saturated. I think I did. There was a bit of a fear there as well for a couple of years when um, a lot of people will come and tell me, like, don't do it. Uh, like, you know, how much, um, what is it that you do special? Why does your tea stand out from others? Why, why, why are you special than others? And that, that was like a biggest 
uh, there was a lot of people came and asked me, and I used to take that personally until I started taking that question as like, you know, that's their version of the story, or maybe they um, think that way, or they have experienced it themselves, like, why am I special? And so I sort of stopped reasoning myself to be special, and I just went in and understood that, what am I giving? And that's when I, um, I actually met my tea master, who- Tea master? Yes. The like moment you accept- master, but tea. True, there are tea masters in this world, okay. Okay. Uh, and they are one of the most profound, amazing people work around tea and bring you the best experience that you've ever had in your cup of tea. Where, where did you find this person? Um, what what country? Here, in Perth. In and that's Perth. the beauty, yeah, that's the beauty of it. And he was an Indian tea master, yeah. uh, worked 45 years in India, and then retired in Perth with his family. Nice. Um, and what are the odds? The moment I stopped listening to a million things around me, and I was so desperately looking for a cup of tea outside me, like, you know, and then, like you said, like standard, like, but I would do the standard things like you did, or I was trying to replicate a chai that I had at home, but nothing will come together for me. Right. And I started looking, I was like, you know what, I give up. And then there's, there's few days later, my mom uh, invited me to a conference where there's old man was sitting there, I sat next to him, and we had we, we cracked into a beautiful conversation of tea. Little did I know that he was a tea master. I didn't even know his name. Until leaving the room, he turned around and said, your passion for tea is exceptional. I want you to look inside. And if you really want to create something, if you really want to experience something, you're meant to create it. And mm -hmm. until you don't create that experience, you, you wouldn't understand what's trying to come out of you. I, I do understand where you're coming from because, yeah, you're right. If you really do care about something and you push it hard enough, yeah. you got to bring it to the world. So you've brought this to the world now and like just just to get it to this stage, like how did you get your sourcing done? Like, what, what is this stuff? Can you, can you break down <laughs> a little bit about what all this is here? These are some of my favorite ingredients that, and, and one of my blend here, that um, one of my base, base base blends um, and I always say that you can't create something exceptional or creating until your basic is clear and this is where I showcase the love of basics basics um, basics like you know that's my favorite 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 English breakfast blend this is an English breakfast, breakfast. blend yes Okay. Um, and I, I, I mean, there's no such thing like coincidence. This morning when I was having my cup of tea. Can you like yeah, yeah. eat it just like as it is? I eat a lot of tea, uh, so please. Like dry? I, look, I'm weird. It's very textury. <laughs> yes, if you drink an English breakfast like that, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, the yeah. one I eat is a long leaf white tea because it's very... Because it's just leaves, right? It's, yeah. it's, I'm sorry, I'm super dumb. Like, this is just... A type of leaf in India that was found there? Um, yes. So, no, the India, the leaf was not found in India. The first ever plantation of tea was in China, so I pay respect to any land that it comes from. Oh, okay. um, and then the colonial crops got travelled to India, um, and it was then the plantations came into existence but hundreds of years ago. So, mm -hmm. the tea has been, uh, been planted in, in India for a long, long time now. So, the leaf don't grow like that. There's, the, the, the secret of that is there's only one tea plant called Camellia sinensis. All the variations may happen in the seed, the way of planting, soil, climate, uh, what are your clonal crops, have you crossbred them, and what that creates a different tea. And it starts from a green leaf 
and then all the process happens. So the difference between your black tea and the green tea, it can come from the exact same bush. They went to two different processes. Black tea goes through fermentation and oxidization to reach the color black. Well, green tea doesn't. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. So what's, what's, what's this yellow stuff here? That is my best selling product and people love, love, love to buy that. Um, like uh, this has turmeric, ginger, you got ginger in here. There's oh, okay. ginger. There's peppermint. There is just this extraordinary lemon essential oils that I love, love, love to give people an experience with. Um, and Turmeric is supposed to be like that really good stuff for you, right? Like yes. really good for you. Yes. Wow. That's a, that's, you made this yourself. Yes. And there's a lot of work that goes into it with a lot of sun drying process. That's okay. I mean, I love bloopers. I love bloopers. Um, there's a lot of sun drying process going on in here and really, really complex, but that has okay. shown results with people with getting better skin, clearer skin, no breakouts, no gut issues. And um, people with rosacea even have come back to me and saying like, I haven't got a hot flush since. People came back from rosacea. Rosacea, it's like a What's skin that? condition. And people okay. with rosacea has bought this tea, drunk it, and then come back to me within a week saying that I, they, they go through a lot of hot flushes and then a lot of uh, their skin gets really red. Okay. Um, and they said they haven't experienced that since they haven't drinking. So you got, you, you've obviously got some, you got some skill behind the ingredients and knowing your, your craft here quite seriously, but, which is super impressive. What, what is, why do you have a brick on the table? That's not a brick. That is my most favorite ingredient. I love it. What is it? Smell and tell me. It looks like a like a stone. Oh, it's chocolate. Yes. Oh, it's chocolate. I didn't know that was, what is chocolate? I've never seen it like that before. Okay, so that is because it is uh, chocolate that has cacao in it. So like cacao. the ca cacao and the cocoa butter all blended in it. So it's actually called a paste, but it's not. So, so it's just, this should be quite brittle. I could snap this, right? Uh, it's very hard. You won't be able really? to. Really. Wow, that's really tough. Yeah, you are weird. Because it looks like a stone. Like yes. I look at it like until you give it a bit of a whiff in the smell, it's like oh, that's yeah. actually. Chocolate. And it's extremely bitter. It doesn't have any sugar. Um, this so... is no sugar chocolate. Oh wow! It's, that's it's cool. It's called ceremonial grade chocolate. It's actually really good for your health, gut health. It's really good for high in magnesium, high in iron. So what's the difference between? So obviously the sugar intake is one thing. The biggest difference between this sugar chocolate, uh, this no sugar chocolate and Tim Tams is like the chocolate in Tim Tams and, and, and Cadbury. Because they say, yes. don't, don't drink, don't eat chocolate, chocolate's bad for you. This is chocolate this is and this is good for you. Chocolate, I would say that eat it every, drink one cup every day. Because it is high in magnesium, high in iron, it has the right kind of fibers, it has the right kind of fats for you, fatty acids. Wow. And it is completely different. It comes from the fruit cacao, which is medicinal and healing. But once we process it and turn it into like something else, like it's exactly, lettuce is good for you, but when you eat a lot of burgers, it's not. That's the exact concept between this chocolate and that's really good for mental health as well. Um, so mental health, eh? Like memory, memory loss. No, mem not just that, but it's a mood lifter. Oh, so chocolate, when you eat a Tim Tam, the sugar is the mood lifter there and it's artificial way. While this is not an artificial way, it actually releases a lot of chemicals in your body and balances um, the mood, like uh, the factor in your, in your body. So then you start Damn. feeling good. 
That's cool. It's a natural way of mood lifting. Tim Tam, totally different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like a Tim Tam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's obviously not the best thing for you right, compared to that. So you've got chocolate in some of these products here. Okay, so let's go through what these three products do. What, what, what's the difference between these three here? Yes, so the reason I got these three products, because I'm going to blend a traditional tea today and um, brew, sorry. And these three can be blended traditionally like that on the pot. So this product is an ashwagandha elixir, or I call it the post-workout vitality elixir. It's excellent after workout. It builds up your muscles. Um, it really relieves you from stress and helps with the torn muscles, balances your hormones, mental health, high in iron. It has this chocolate, it has this cacao and another two different kind of cacao that are really good for you. High in fiber. Um, wow. okay. And ashwagandha is excellent for so many things, including mental health and Ash body. Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Yeah. Where did that name come from? That's it's an funny. ancient Indian herb. Uh, so I do oh. specialize in Indian herbs and teas. As I said, that's what I've learned as my art. So you've really pressed in the culture of India in your product, which is obviously a very good thing to do. But it, damn, that's a tough word for me. But I, I like it, Ashwagandha. That's why I call it the post-workout vitality. Uh, if you want to call it Ashwagandha elixir, it's another name for it, but the post-workout vitality elixir. If you see that, that's the Ashwagandha for you on my that's website. Cool. <laughs> cool. Oh, so it says 14 loose leaves. 14 serves, so it is loose leaf as in it's just powdered form. So you, okay, okay. Uh, there is no, but all you have to do is like brew it in here and it is powdery. So we're gonna open it and I'm gonna show you exactly what it looks like. So I've opened an ashwagandha bag for you and I'm gonna show you what it looks like. It's actually silky um, beige powder. It has three different kind of cacao, as I said. It has grounded ashwagandha roots, just the roots, no other part of that uh, plant and it's necessary. And it also has vanilla. Uh, and the way I look at any product, it is actually balancing all your basic uh, or your like foundations in your body uh, so that's giving you the better nutrition balancing your base chakras with those colors and it has roots so it's extraordinary for balancing your roots and foundations cool let's rock and roll that's my favorite blend all right that's your favorite blend all right what about the other two and then we'll start i want to cook something that's cool this is where my love started so this is all where my love started for the tea my Indian street style ch uh, chai. Now that's a name, Indian street style chai. Yeah, that's cool. And still got the short swastika. Swastika edition. That's the health and wellness edition. We <laughs> gotta get this name right. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is the same stuff as that stuff you were showing before. No, so that is a detox tea, and the street style chai has uh, cardamom and ginger in it. Okay. Um, while this is turmeric and peppermint and a, a whole different thing. It doesn't have black tea. This is a black tea. Oh, so you've mixed black with that, a little bit of that stuff in here. Sorry. No, no. Uh, okay. I, I think there is only one common ingredient between these two. It's a bit of ginger, okay. but they are, that's a seven different ingredients in here. They're a whole different blend and that's a whole different blend. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's a detox tea and that's a fun chai. Forgive my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. The, the only common ingredients is ginger because um, wow. ginger is really tasty in Indian tea. Um, it's, it's, it's where the sweetness comes from, the earthiness. 
Um, uh, ginger in here does something different is that actually is detoxing your body, digesting it better. But ginger in here, it's uh, if you're drinking natural milk, normal milk, it actually cuts the side effects of natural milk. Ginger is like a uh, super oh. herb. Okay. And this is the big bag, so it must be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, this again is people's favorite. It's a coconut nectar chai <laughs> that you can brew really quick at home. Whole different version of spices. Okay, now I got to break this down. So in your market validation process, yeah. because you have taken a lot of different samples, I'm assuming, yes. asked a lot of people this stuff, yes. gone through all this drama, you've made, you've stated this is the people's choice. Yes. So even though this one's your favorite, is this one your hero product, you would say? Um, in terms of the purchasing process, uh, if you ask me, this has been, this has been the bestseller. The second bestseller is becoming, this is actually crossing this line, the ashwagandha elixir. It's actually going up, up and up and up. And as people are getting more aware, uh, of what it is going to do for their bodies. This is excellent and healthy because I've used coconut nectar as a low GI sweetener. But it's really easy for people to actually use in the office, use at home without going through the whole boiling process if they don't want to go through it, uh, and give, getting themselves a cafe style experience. So that's why this is a super easy way of experiencing chai. This nice. is not a bad selling product, it's actually as I said, the graph is going up for this, where people want to really give that time, stop. I think the COVID has taught us enough to stop and experience. What? What's told us to stop? COVID. Oh, COVID. Yeah. It has, it has, it has, I know it's a, it's a, not everyone loves it, but I think there is a positive in everything and it has taught us to slow down and experience every element. And I think that's what the Indian street style chai does for me, slow down meditate and experience every element and go slow and there's nothing to rush for in this world. Okay. So cool. people are starting to enjoy that experience and there is a certain group of people that love buying this from me. Okay, I see. And it's good to get an audience behind you, absolutely. Yes. So now, I am i don't know if I'm your audience right now and I'm curious to know if I would be because like I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's like, chuck the bag in, have a dip, or the milk drink. How much do you enjoy that? Oh, I like it a lot. I got a big, I don't have a normal like a tea size. Mm. I got like a super size soup mug and hold it like, like a man's mug. A man's mug. A man's mug. And then I'll just, my wife will put maybe a bag or two in, brew it in because it gets diluted quite a lot, the water. But if you're using stuff like this, what do I got to get you some extra tools to use this stuff because it's not no, so there's like a couple of extra tools you can use. And then I'm going to show you that how easy you can make it at home without even having these tools. So, but I'm going to take Let's a slower approach today. So I'm going to turn this gas stove on and I'm going to take a really slow, really slow approach. And then I'm going to show you how to simplify your experience at home without mm -hmm. using a chemicalized tea bag. So in that gas stove, in a little pot, I'm going to drop about one cup of milk. That'll be perfect to brewers. Perfect amount of chai that even Ian can taste. Ian is behind the camera. Um, hey. He's a showman. I'm always loving him to have healthy stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. 
add one teaspoon, if it's just you. All right. Two teaspoons, if you have a friend. So two, two cups, okay. as in like two cups. What I meant is two cups. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> One teaspoon per cup. <laughs> gotcha. And now... And your definition of a cup size is this size, I'm guessing? Uh, your cup size definition could be anything. So if your cup size definition is a man's cup, and then you should have it in a man's cup. That's like a, I'm like 600 ml type size. Okay, then we'll brew 600 ml. So one teaspoon is for 250 ml cup. So what yeah, you do is, then if you are 600 ml, you take 300 ml of water, so half cup of your, or 400 ml of water, about like, you know, more than 60% of water in that same cup. Yes. So it's very easy for you to notice. And then um, pour it in there, add one tablespoon of tea, because now it's two, two, tea, two cups, you're drinking two cups to yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then add the rest 200 ml as your milk. And, and uh, yeah, and then that's it. So it will brew you that. So one tablespoon instead of a teaspoon, just double it, and or two teaspoon if it's if it makes it easier for you. Gosh, I should have brought my cup up here. And if you notice this, I know I wanted to fill up a man's cup. Should I go get it? No. Oh. Why not? I want to see a You know what? I'm gonna go get my cup. Be right back. Damn you, Jesse! I was gonna say. No, because this is brewing. Can I show people the? Because this is brewing this really important part. Yeah. Uh, the camera up there, it could still be on. Yeah, and you can edit the between part when Jesse left. Yeah. Um, we can just say that Jesse wanted his man's cup, so he... Um, okay. While Jesse is getting his man's cup, this is what he has decided to do. What, if you can see that the water is coming to a nice boil, and now I'm allowing the ginger and the cardamom to really open up and show its potency. And now I'm going to add that milk that I spoke about. All right, I'm back. So. I think Jesse really this, wants to challenge me. No, this is my genuine tea teacup. It's a T-Rex cup. It's a T-Rex cup. I think, um, I'm so glad Sorry. that Jesse brought it because uh, a dinosaur <laughs> drinking a teapot. Can I please steal this from you? <laughs> you can borrow it for a while, but I'm gonna drink that. What if I give you a million dollars? Whoa, then. For my birthday, no, for, yeah, for the birthday. Oh my the God, keeps getting. This, this is a, if anyone knows the game Fallout, this is the Pip-Boy, and it has a massive mug hole in the middle. So the idea is, it's a, it's a Pip-Boy mug, barely, barely full. I, I did not know I was gonna be challenged. Uh, <laughs> On size. So hard. Uh, <clears throat> it's okay, like I'm legit interested to know so we can totally, let's go, beautiful tea these size. These are the chai mugs that you get on the streets of India, okay? So these are the chai mugs. Yeah, I've seen so that, these around. Yeah, this is what we are given chai in. And usually they are this color, the early mugs, early cups. And the thing is, they are really eco-friendly. So once we drink the chai in India, they have this little pit on the side that we finish it, we throw that in, we smash it with our foot and it goes back to the earth. And that's how it's eco-friendly. What? Yes, that's how you serve. That's how you serve China. You smash these things? No, they are. They are not. They're not. These are terracotta version yeah. of it. So this is a terracotta version of it. So the one we get in India are the um, what do you call the clay? Clay. Clay. Okay. And you just smash it back. Right. You smash clay cups. Yeah. Oh, look at that. What's with uh, uh, earthen pots? Earthen pots. We call it earthen pots. Okay. And I'm gonna bring it to this nice boil. 
I love that whole. What, what's with the, why does it make these big bowly things here? Oh, they're just bubbles. They're just bubbles. Um, it's just this bowl in here. Bowler. Uh, and I love that all the activity, the tea and the milk does together. They're having so much fun in their pot, I can see. Oh, your passion for tea is so high. <laughs> I'm like, I'm super lazy. I wouldn't, I, I have to respect the art. This is an art form going on right now. I'm really happy with the flavors, like and the smells that's coming out. And I'm gonna serve that into. I was gonna serve it into mine. Yeah, let's do yours. Let's totally do yours. Mine's just a bit larger than the size. This is what Jesse decided for me. But <coughs> no, no, we're gonna do it in a T-Rex cup because I'm like, this is my next favorite. Strainer. Okay, cool. Simple strainer, really <laughs> traditional strainer. And see if I can like. Satisfied Jesse's love for tea. How far can we go in this cup? Oh my God, not even if you drink this, Jesse. Hey, you got a good way. I actually remember going to India, oh, was it India or Thailand? I don't remember, they had some boss tea. Super, little super sweet. Like super sweet tea. Yes, the char, really nice. char on the streets of India, they're gonna put much more sugar. Um, and I did not put sugar, if you notice, because I don't like it. I love to taste that earthiness. I love to taste every flavor, but you're a sugar person. It's okay, it probably should not drink so much sugar, because I'm like, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta follow in your footsteps here. It's gonna be hot, Jesse. Should I put milk in this thing? Oh, there's milk already. Oh. There's milk already. There's everything in there in that boiling cup. So which, this, it's this one, right? We did this one. It's hot. It's hot. It's gonna be hot. We boil it. I will enjoy a, a waiting period. Patience cultivates your patience. Like allow it to cool down. <laughs> Still hot. Ain't bad. It ain't bad. It's a bit hot. It's a bit hot. <laughs> So you won't be able to taste the entire flavor palette of it because you're drinking it so hot. But once it cools down a little bit in about yeah. five minutes, you'll be able to first sip um, the ginger and then you will see the tartness of like, not tartness, but like the, the depth of the black tea that I've used. Yeah, I do remember when I was in Nepal for, for quite a while and the tea that they would have is something very similar to this. They, they'd throw a bit of sugar in it to sort of sweeten her up and then they just drink it like this. Or sometimes they actually, no, no, they salt? didn't have sugar in it at all. Because it's salt. salt? Yeah. I'm not too sure, but it was just, it was super nice. Yeah. And you just, you just drink tea. Yeah, that's what the Nepalis do. Very similar to Nepalese tea. The difference is they put a pinch of sugar. So I'm going to do a Nepalese uh, tea brewing very soon. Um, it's for my Nepalese friends. And I love that salt part of it. It's just divine. I ain't gonna lie, like it's pretty good. Thank right. you. And the uh, T-Rex the is happy. Mmm, very good. But we definitely need, hey, we definitely need like four, four cups. So this is your four cups. Don't lie, this is four cups worth of tea, not two. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep pouring till it's full. But I love a tea lover like <laughs> that. Do you need, I, it? I gotta admit to everyone out there, I'm so sorry. I cannot do coffee. Tea is my style. So it's been that way for a long, long time. So for sure, for sure. Okay, I'm obsessed. I'm just going to tell you something really weird about myself. I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. I've watched every documentary, every dinosaur documentary and books. 
And if a dinosaur is drinking a tea right now in there, I think my world is perfect today. Oh, that's why you like the car. Yes, I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. They were the coolest thing ever happened that's to this planet. So cool. Okay, cool bananas. Let's bust out some business. So now that, have you, how's your website going? Like how, getting, getting this kind of content that we're going through, right? It's, it's, quite, it's quite entertaining. It's, it's very interesting. And there's so much information. Like how do you extract, extract, how do you share this information to your audience so that they can know about you and build that relationship with you? How, how have you been doing that so far to T4EA? That's a very good question. So the website's going great. I've just engaged someone um, really experienced and an extraordinary person. And this is the advice that I would give everybody that, yes, you can do your own website until you're new in this market and you want to convey your message, but give it to someone really experienced when you, are, when you have gone to a certain stage. Um, they will make your market message even better. So they will, they will reach the right kind of audience for you. And so far, the way I've been reaching to my audience is like <clears throat> social media posts. But to be honest, these people are just coming to me. And I don't even know how these connections are happening. Sometimes, a lot of times, I think that there is there's always an un, un, unknown energy that pulls everyone. But a lot of social media posts are getting a lot of traction. Um, I'm get, internet, all my international orders were because of social media posts. So you're doing a lot of work with Facebook. Is that, Facebook, is that is LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram? Um, Which what's your, what's your main posting platform? Facebook. Facebook's your place. That's where a lot of uh, interest flow in, and um, a lot of comments come in, and then I just give them, I just give them a bit of information, and then they make the purchase decision and they, they if they want to experience it. Okay, let's break that down a little further. So you're on Facebook. Yes. Are you going to groups or are you posting on your company page or is this you personally? from your personal post line, like your personal feed, or is this in groups feeds, or is this in your company? A bit of everything. Sometimes I post in a group, if the group is relevant. So there is a group called Inglewood Group. I live in Inglewood, and I have been collaborating with cafes who are stocking my product. And that's where we do like a bit of a tea tasting event in cafes. And if I'm doing that, I'll yep. post in an Inglewood group. So people who are the right audience, and they can reach that cafe, will walk in there. So. Just go back a step. How did you get connected with the cafes? What was your process there? Did you just walk into the building or? Exactly. I think okay. I keep my life really simple when I start connecting with people uh, and take the ego out. So I literally don't knock. Nice. Um, literally cold calling. Still lives today, ladies and gents. <laughs> it works. You have to show your authentic self and like literally don't knock in as in like if I, I'll shortlist the cafes who I know that will resonate with me. They're organic. They care about people. They have the right kind of food to support the tea. Uh, like, you know, they're not selling a lot of junk. They really care. They have an ambience for this. And then I would just uh, knock there and I would just go into like, can I see your manager? And I just have this amazing product. And, and I don't try to sell that. I just tell them like, <clears throat> You don't have to buy anything. Can you taste it? Can you blindfold taste it in front of your own tea? Um, I know so many e-commerce people that don't do this step because frankly, they do have a, the fear of rejection is very high because you're, you're cold selling. You're walking into a shop, you're, you're trying to lock down a business that could pretty much just say no in your face. So how did you get through those first couple of conversations to get for you into those stores like what was your did you have a process like how was that like 
I didn't have a process, but I wrote a process. So every time I'm confused or in the midst of the fear, I see that and I acknowledge that there is no entrepreneur born who doesn't have fears, mm. right? So the moment we think about a business, I think the first thing is all the demons come out of your mind. Um, and they're like, what do you think? Why are you good enough? Or like, you know, oh my God, they're going to hate you. And <laughs> so what if they say your tea is the worst? What if they say it on your face? Like these are legit things that comes to you and why mask them? So I think that I made a process and I wrote down step, 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 step. So what do I do? I have 20 cafes. What's next? I call them first. What's, what do I say on the phone call? Then I wrote a script of three questions, simple. And I don't even tell them what the product is, why, why I'm talking. I don't even say, them, say my name. I'm, I actually take out the me factor from it. And because I, I don't exist, I just ask them like, hey, do you use a lot of teas and chais in your cafe? Do you have a lot of people asking for it? And they're like, yeah, we go to a fair few, why? And I would say like, oh, because um, I would love you to experience something totally different. Um, I would love to give you a taster of a tea project that we are creating, and they might be they might give add much more value to you uh, in terms of health, nature, sustainability, and something that your cafe can give back to the planet, and your customers will your footfall will increase because mm -hmm. people love what you will do, mm -hmm. and uh, and you just have to trust the process, uh, and they're like. It's no harm in trying. When do you want to come in? And 90, it's an 80% rate when people say, come in, I'll try. Wow. 80% people don't reject because now I haven't said like, I'm this, I'm that. Like, I, they don't even know my name. And then at the end, like, what was your name? They will ask me and I was like, Prati, I'll see you. What, what's, what's the best, the best time to come to you? And it's like 10 a.m. on Monday, sure, done deal. Then I'll go there, give them a blind taste. And then they're like, yeah, I like you, but what if my, I already have this contract with people like, you know, oh, I already have this thing going on and I, I don't want to go through the pain. I'm like, what if your people put money where your mouth is? So that's next, my next process. So I say, like, can you give me a little space in your cafe where I'll come and do a blind tasting for your customers and I'll bring some product. And if your customers give me, every single customer, or at least 80% of them give me their email address, name, and increase my database, and, but that belongs to me. Really? You pull that? Look at you, girl. You're just smashing that, the hustle exactly. there. <laughs> and I'll say that if, and if I'm sold out with my product right, right there, I'll bring it, but I'll sell it, and that's mine, right? So if I'm sold out and they will tell you that you should do it, then would you do it? And he'll be like, okay. So that, like, you know, usually I'll get a reaction and I'm like, yeah, when do you want to come? I'm like, let's do a tea tasting. Let's put an event out. Let's do that. I'll do this Instagram. Like, let's get people tasting the teas. Oh, uh, I love the energy. That's so good. And then I put a spread out and then people love it every time I'm sold out and they have no choice but to stock my product. Damn, have fun. You good. Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel so selfish to drink this by myself. No, you have a T-Rex cup. I drink it at home all the time. So please have okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. That's amazing, Prati. Really? That's so good. So how many times have you done that here? You like what couple of times you've done that here? Uh, so for example, I have this is how I acquired Listen, my... do this stuff, guys. Seriously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I acquired my first supermarket. Because uh, the supermarket said like, oh your tea's a bit expensive. And I was like, not really. What people are putting out there for really unhealthy products, like tea bags, adds up much more than what they will put here. Uh, and they're like, so how are we going to give them a premium experience? First thing, 
Apple Cross Good Grocer Supermarket closed deal because on the first day within two hours, I gave them 30 email addresses and now that's my database. So that's a wow. win-win situation. Damn. So you've got, you've, you've obviously smashed them with your charisma and they've like, oh my God, this girl's, I've got to eat her up. And so they, they, they take it on board and then the product comes to the market shelf. So then now you get into the nitty gritty of like, all right, Friday, you won me over. You can stock it here. What's your terms? So what, what kind of terms do you usually throw at them? Like if, if, they're, like if people check in this video out and they want to put their stuff and they, they get to that space, I'm, I'm, I've heard some scary stories about, you know, you put it on the shelf, you got to keep restocking it. If it gets, if, it, if, if, if there's no stock there, they'll put it with something else pretty quick. Like it can be a bit of a fight on the shelf. So how, uh, it, what's it like for you with restocking and going in and when you start getting a couple, have you? I think that's like? my journey now. So okay. uh, whatever I have been through for so far, I've shared everything, but I think I haven't reached to the state where, stage where I, ha I needed restocking. So I've just stocked it with few places and they've just started selling, but they've bought enough uh, that will last them a little. So I think that, um, we're gonna take one step at a time. And I have, haven't figured out like, how do I make things move faster? Because it is a new product, of course it's not popular. And I was not ready or I wasn't prepared in my mind to figure out exactly what's gonna happen. Are they gonna sell out? Mm. Uh, is that gonna sit on the shelf? How am I gonna increase the, like, you know, the purchasing? Um, and that's my next question. So I think that that's now, where that's where I'm at. Okay. And, I, and that's all due on stage where they would have shared it, like more than happy to share it. But um, I have no idea. I think that I'm going to sit down and write those steps now. Okay, that cool. how do I, and if I made the first few steps work, I think I'll figure out how to make the rest few steps work. That's pretty cool. So in, in that approach, let's look at this then. So you've got this product, you've got through your, I'm assuming your supply stocks are pretty, like you've got pretty good logistic chain of getting the stock in landing it here. I'm assuming it comes in a lot of raw form. Is any of it overseas or is most of it here already? Like, how does that look like at the moment for you? A lot of things are in India. Uh, and some, I use some Australian um, bush herbs as well. Because uh, I love, I specialize in Indian tea. I've been trained by my tea master to do that. I understand Indian herbs. I've done research walking in Himalayas and whatnot. But yes, due to COVID, it has become not the easiest thing to actually import these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so challenges were there, and I think there are no, there's no business without challenges. But I'm, I'm glad that, but this challenge came to me on the first year of the business. Oh yeah. Day oh, one, you launch, boom, COVID. You don't have stock. Deal with it. I'm like, oh, hang on, I've just launched. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a million things. Like, give me a break. But the universe is like, nah, I'm gonna give it to you all. Like. <laughs> so with so how how are you addressing that? Like I'm assuming when you bought your first stock load through, was that just through friends and family who would just send it in a in a in a, in a plane freight or send it through? That was like how you got. It. I, I had enough stock with when I started because I was getting trained by my master. So when I started, I had enough stock to last me a while, okay. and now I am trying to source it and trying to collaborate. So that's second thing. So if you if you're a small business and if you don't want to. I have imported before, it was easier. There was no COVID. Um, but if, you, if you're a small business and you can't do it too much, try doing two or three things. They are simple. Uh, collaborate with a large business. Uh, like for me, 
Indian restaurants, they already buy a lot of pallet load of herbs, oh. spices. They buy. You dark. piggyback on their shipments. Yes. Yeah, so cool. even if they buy, uh, they have. They, let's just say they have 200 kilos coming in or 500 kilos coming in, and which they do all the time, large Indian restaurants. If you say that, please, can I have 50 kilos of my things? Bootstrap it and you oh, pay them. Yes, because if you do it yourself, like you got to pay all the import duties yourself. You've got, you got huge cost overheads of that. Plus, you don't have credibility. And you don't have volume discounts either. So it kind of hits on both sides, right? Exactly. And you don't have credibility. You are at the risk of being things open at the quarantine and that will cost you so much more than the stock itself. Yeah, yeah. I've have I've gone through that. So yeah. that's why I would just ask them, like they have credibility. They have imported so many times that their stock is most likely never gonna be opened. So it's that's quite interesting because Australia's pretty brutal, especially WA, around quarantine for herbs and stuff. Have you ever had dramas getting organic material through? Or have you had to get certificates of stuff? Like how do you have you have you gone down that? Yeah, uh, I never had an issue so far. Like when I said I have been through that is when I had exported to Canada and they gave me uh, an invoice of $42 random and I was like, uh, excuse me? Um, and it was a small amount, look, but it's $42 for a, for a business. It's like, okay, it's a small amount to learn your lesson from uh, instead of $4,200. So I'm really thankful to the universe and I'm like, uh, explain please. And they were like, you didn't declare a few things on the top of your parcel. Um, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, but I, I, I have declared that there is herbs and spices in it. How else will I parcel anything to my customers? Um, and it was a $500 worth of parcel. Oh, so you declared the actual stock itself, but then you had packing material on top of it and they smacked you on that stuff. You need to, they wanted me to put an invoice stuck on the top with a list of items in it. Oh, so you didn't meet the, okay, I see. I didn't meet that criteria. Uh, and I was, I was, yeah, I had to go, every country is different. And when you're exporting, please guys, even if it's a one person's order, yeah. go through, like, take that 20 minutes out of your life and read that and you will never have that $42. So that 20 minutes might add up to thousands of dollars, which I didn't do, but now I'll learn more. <laughs> so I'm, I've almost finished this tier. It's almost all gone. Like what, it's really good. So in in this approach, right, like how, have you been selling this to the, the stockers? You got them, you, they're down, most likely gonna get some serious re, reorders with that. So how about the online side? like? How have you addressed your conversion process with that? Is that is that a process you're working through at the moment? Like where, like where is that part at? The online. Um, mm. That's my next step. I am gonna do paid marketing now, so that's where the next uh, uh, step is heading. I am a strong believer of organic marketing. I. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I know to a fact. And extreme honesty again, that I haven't cracked the code of getting abundance of orders, getting abundance of traction. Sometimes I have days when there is no order. Sometimes I have like a random massive order. And then it's been on and off because it's just one year of my business and I have no idea. It's 12 months, mate. It's just, you're kicking it in. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's, um, sometimes it drives me crazy. I'm like, oh, what is going on when there's silence? And I think I've learned to accept that silence. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm a strong believer in organic marketing. But I know that I will have to start 
to understand organic marketing and implement it better, I'll start the paid marketing on the side. I see, that makes sense. Like cold, cold straight up, cold, uh, cold, I said that seven times now. Cold advertising with posts that you push out with a strong message behind the video. Like there is genuine um, conversion through that process, but also the, the consistent organic message is also very, very powerful as well. Hence why we do so much of it here. So the approach of what you're trying to do, I do think you could definitely smash this out of the park because fuck, that's all gone. <coughs> How, um, so with, an, in, with that concept then, let's say, let's go into the future 12 months. What, what does that look like for your business? What, what objectives are you planning to achieve throughout that? Because you've gone through, you're in the grind, super rough, revenues, Fluctuable, fluctuating at best. So, how, what's your what's your focus on? Like, what's your annual targets? Say this time, July twenty twenty three, twenty mm. two, or in twenty twenty one, aren't we? Yeah, twenty one, twenty twenty two, July this time next year. Give it a Twenty twenty one, July next this year, next time, twenty twenty two. I launched Tiforia in May 2020. So actually, we are talking today on Tiforia's anniversary month. So Yay, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> um, but what am I going to do in 2022? Mm. I think I want to outgrow my mental capacity of accepting the fact as an entrepreneur that what you're trying to give to this world is extraordinary. And um, your skills are extraordinary and a lot of self-belief. That's the first thing that I want to achieve. That I don't want to have one more night of that stressful doubts. Because uh, uh, I think that's the first 12 months when you go through those days. Uh, so that's, I want to outlive my limiting belief towards something that I've created and something the universe has gifted me. Allow the flow and allow, allow things to happen. We offer intervene a lot of things. There is an organic natural flow. When I said organic marketing, there is an organic natural flow going on in everybody's life. We offer intervene a lot. And I've seen myself, caught myself in the moments doing it when everything is going right. So I think that's where I want to achieve internally and externally. Um, my tea project, if I'm going to disclose something really big, of mm -hmm. people will receive a plant. It's a particular type of plant that increases the ozone layer, uh, increases the ozone element in the atmosphere and better oxygen. And that is the lifeblood of this planet and we need it so bad. And I'm gonna start with Australia because I'm here. I'm, I'm here, I love India. I, I love India to the core and I love Australia as well. So I, I'll start with where I am and um, every person will receive a box, uh, a seed of five plants like you know they can what what i mean is like they can plant five plants from those seeds okay and help that's the only plant on this planet that releases oxygen um sorry um ozone in the atmosphere really yes the ozone releasing plants yes and it's a native indian plant so Dude. that you're gonna you're gonna receive so i'm gonna bring ozone's like a chemical that comes out of a plant ozone layers yeah Okay, I, that is cool. It only releases it for four hours in the day, right? But that's enough if you draw, if you draw a lot of it. Um, that's the concept of a rainforest. 
um, it brings a lot of rain. So, right. yeah. Like, I'm assuming you've done a lot of research around this. Yes. To back uh, this up. Yes. Okay. Uh, I work with field scientists for that. And um, scientists who have written pieces and experimented and proved from benefits, and this has been proven from more than about 2,000 years in India, and in, it's also in a lot of ancient texts, that the use of this plant. I usually get very much into the technicalities every time I come here. I usually am very much in the approach of, okay, we want to achieve X amount of revenue, we're going to hit so many users or customers in our business. We want to ensure we have this much stock to ensure this process. But you are touching on another point that I overlook because it's, I forget this part and you've, you've rein it back forward. It, it, there is this process where in the first two, three years, because is this your first business, right? That is my first business ever. This is your first business ever. And, and I do recognize like when you're working for someone else, uh, there is this sense of security that the responsibilities fall on my superior, for my manager, for my CEO, and the responsibilities are theirs. Mine is my technical task, and then I drop it all down and I go home and I don't have to worry about it. But as the founder, as the CEO, as the entrepreneur, all of those responsibilities fall on yourself. There is no one else to blame. If it works, it works to the benefit of the team that you have. If it fails, it fails on you. Mm. And that, yeah, you kind of, once you've been in it for a while, you just take that as your habitable structure of just life. But in what you're saying, when you pull away from abstracting that sense of responsibility and now becoming that sense of authority and responsibility, yeah, it is shit scary. And, and the limiting factor of trying to expand yourself past that, yeah, that, that takes a while to get into, like that transition process. So that's your, from what I'm hearing, is that your, your challenge to go through that process and just accept the limitations and then expanding that to take the shoulders to carry the next load to come? That's my, that's what I want to expand into. Like, you know, I, I know that my revenue, I have got my revenue um, listed, like this is what I want to achieve. So I have a revenue goal and that would be like around 400,000 because um, it's, it's 5,000 boxes of tea. And, uh, and in the second year, you should be able to sell 5,000 boxes of tea. So it's $400,000 in revenue, but that will not happen until I expand my capacity uh, of how much I can take, how much uh, orders I can absorbs or absorb, or if, if the COVID is going to be more messy in India right now, there it is, how will I take that kind of stress? So, and also the fact that have I accepted the, the dollar value in my life more than $4,000 a month? To, to jump to 400,000, that's a big jump in an entrepreneur's life. And that's a business something, it, the magic of business that can do to you. Like, you know, you've been paid for four grand um, and you're comfortable. You come home, you eat a good dinner, you enjoy time with your family, you sleep, you live like a robot. But when you become an entrepreneur, you can live on $4 someday and it can go to 400,000 or 4 million. Like, and you have to be really capable to like fluctuate constantly, adapt, adapt, adapt mm -hmm. your mindset, your, like, you know, your, mm -hmm like to everything like I have nothing I'll deal with it I have everything is great so that's why most of the businesses fail because it's not what you can get there's abundance out there it's that that crazy fluctuations or ever-changing life of an entrepreneur 
Nothing I want to be really, that's what I want to grow into. If I'm not grown, a business will never grow past me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's finish it there. And I am so thankful. I'm super interested to see how this journey goes over the next 12 months and, and bringing you back and hearing this come through. So thank you so much. Is there, is there anything you feel that for people who are really interested to get started, because there are lots of people that's like, I got this product, I'm going to bowl it, I'm going to smash this out of the park, I'm going to do this. And like, what, what could you give? Because I was literally talking, actually, just to go sidetrack for a second, to a kid who was saying, I'm going to bring in a product that's going to be um, an, uh, an oxmosis water filter thing, and I'm going to do it, and I know I'm going to sell it for a 1000 bucks. I'm going to boss it, and you know, I'm, it's going to be good. But you know, uh, I've never done it before. So I'm like... I'm in that space. I'm just getting off the ground. I'm literally got nothing but an idea. I haven't sourced anything. What would you give for people in that space? What advice would you finish off with to recommend to them? Um, everything is possible. Uh, have insane belief, belief system for yourself. Like insanely you believe in yourself. Like you can turn anything around. And just know that things will work out because um, often we doubt that what if it doesn't and um, we prepare ourselves for the worst, which is a good thing. But um, there's hardly, we live in a concept, like we live in a misconception that we can control things, but we can't. So have a mindset that everything will fall into place. Everything will work out. And yeah, I think the future will be thriving because you will see a thriving society. Um, allow the universe to do its job. Just, just have that faith. Cool. Thanks so much for checking out this video. We'll bring in another amazing product coming in soon. And Prati, thank you so much for your time. See you later. See ya. Cool. Can I have some more? <laughs> Yeah, we are going to wash it.